Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight to Raising Expectations. We're here because you're here. And thanks so much for the good texts and notes that we get from you uh, telling you that we're hopefully encouraging you and raising your expectations on a daily basis. Many of you watched the program tonight. Many of you have said, Joe, we catch it during the week uh, on your website where all the guys and gals are on there together. You can talk to all of us. And we're so glad that you do that. Hey, tonight we've got a great program coming for you. I hope it'll be something that uh, will encourage you even more than it encourages me. I can't wait to share it. And we're excited to share our guest with you tonight. We always share who our team is. We are a team. I'm Joe Scopio, a retired pastor and whatever else they wanted to call me. But at this time, my heart's blessed by the great team that we have. And uh, each week we tell you we've got Dr. Paul Hall, who's a retired pastor and uh, not a retired theologian. Got to do it because he does what, folks? Theologian. Theologues, that's right. All week long, he theologues, and that's the way he helps people. That's why people love Paul Hall. Okay, we also have with us Stephanie and Dr. Craig Fair, who are now in Georgia, and uh, they are just blessing and helping people the same way all week. Uh, Stephanie is a health and wellness coach, and so is Tank working with her. She's incredible what she does. You check those those texts out in the storyline that we tell you about, I share with you. Uh, she'll teach you how to take care of who you are physically, and so will Tank, and also spiritually. Once you get to know who you are like God knows who you are, he made you, wow, things get a lot easier. And Tank is also a trauma surgeon, and like we often say, we don't say it lightly, if anything ever happens to me, I want Tank in the room because he walks with God. Those are the hands I want working on me that are guided by the Lord. And so uh, we're excited about that. Now, we've gone from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast, and now here in Central America, that sounds different, doesn't it, Ron? We have from from McKinney, Texas, Pastor Ron Greer. He works uh, as a special counselor, a speaker, a pastor renowned. He is a... uh, a special speaker for Man in the Mirror, and uh, he's he's known for all kinds of things, but rather than go into all of them, we just want you to let you hear him and get to know him even better tonight on our program. So, very quickly tonight, because I'm going to step back and let this great group of people begin to, to share with our guests, but just before Richard comes on, we have had a wonderful gentleman share with us who loves our program, and he said to us, I want you to begin opening up, uh, reaching out to people for donations 
and I'm going to do a matching donation to all people who will be donating to put raising expectations in even a broader scope that we can literally go around the world on BBS radio TV uh, each week. So he's matching to begin up to $1,000, and then they're going to work from there. So if you go to our website, and remember that that is bbsradio.com forward slash capital R raising capital E expectations, raising expectations dot com. You'll see it come up. There we are. You can read about all these great people, read a good story all about them. And there's also donation button. And if you'll donate there, this wonderful individual who's been praying for us and loves the show, he will be matching that with matching gifts. Exciting news. So we hope you'll be a part of that with us. Some of you have been telling me you are already uh, through the uh, texts and things that you send to each week. Okay, I said that. Remember that. Now we shift into some exciting things here. On tonight's program, we have someone that I know that you remember. Richard Ray is a great uh, man in the field of communication. He was an anchor for many years, as you know him, in Dallas at Fox 4 News every night there. And he also was a reporter. He's reported on just about every kind of situation. We're going to hear about some of that tonight because it has led him at this point in all the mission work that he does to uh, put together a new screenplay. We can't wait. It's already being read. And it's called Heaven Awaits. And it's not just something that he wrote. He's going to tell you about it. But it's something that he experienced watching people and dealing with people right where they live. So I'm going to introduce him and then everybody just be ready to jump in. Richard's our friend. He's been on our program two or three times. Everybody loves you, Richard. Welcome back to Raising Expectation. Let's welcome him right now. Welcome, Richard. You guys have been a real blessing to me, Pastor Joe. Every time I get to come on, I get to talk about the missions work that Catherine and I, my wife and I, have done around the world and are continuing to do. Hopefully we get a little time to talk about that tonight, too. But we did talk about, maybe we talk about uh, faith-based uh, entertainment, movies, and that kind of stuff. And uh, as you know, I retired from Fox 4 uh, in May of 2019, and I have been working in the film industry since then. I've, I've actually got roles in movies and some, uh, TV shows and done some voiceover work and that kind of thing. But it's really frustrated me because I've had difficulty getting connected with faith-based projects. And Dan, you know, uh, T.D. Jakes, Bishop Jakes here with the, Prophet, or the Potter's House. And there are, there are many really good, uh, great operations around the country that are doing faith-based films. But I'm just, it's a who you know business. And I'm, so that's another story. But I, I am working on a screenplay right now. I think I sent Pastor Joe the log line and the synopsis on it. If I sent you the whole script, the script's being revised right now because I have been making connections with people in the faith-based industry. Uh, there's a guy out of uh, Indianapolis uh, named Wally Beasy, uh, who uh, I, I was contacted about a film he's working on, and I got interested in it, so I sent him my screenplay. He gave me some really good ideas. He thought he, he, he told me, honestly, this is a great idea. I love the message of it. But here's what you need to do to make it better. And it, all, the, all the suggestions he made were excellent ones. So, uh, And I met today, again, with some local people. There was a, a, a guy named Andy Costa, Andy Costa Films, and a, a, a woman named Tanya Renee. She's got a company called Empowered 
2B uh, media. And again, I'm trying to make those connections. And, and, and Dan, you live in this market. Uh, you know, too, there's a lot going on. The Chosen, which I don't know if you guys have seen The Chosen, which is quite a story, largest crowd fundraising entertainment project ever. It's, it's, it's huge and, and becoming huger. Uh, they are shooting now in Midlothian, which is south of Dallas-Fort Worth. So there's a lot of these things going on. And I'm asking you and your audience that uh, if, 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 uh, if you know people who are involved in this industry, I want to get connected with them because I've had some success in secular films and I'm having fun with that. I just finished up a film last, uh, last Friday in which I play a mayor. He's kind of a bad guy, which I like. You know, I can, I can be this really sweet guy and then I get nasty. And uh, so it's fun doing that as, as an acting thing. And uh, uh, it's called Blood in the Water. And it, it's, it's a small independent film, that kind of thing. So I'm having some success in that. But as I've shared with you, Pastor Joe, I really want to get into the faith-based uh, projects. And, and I do write from things I know about. That I've got three screenplays in various stages, and they all weave together stories that Dan, for example, and Pastor Joe, who've lived in this market, you will recognize some of these major news stories that are weaved together with other real things. And uh, that's where I'm at right now. Anyway. That's great. That's great. Uh, you know, I might have said the wrong name, Rich. It's, it's uh, Ron Greer. Who's oh, Ron Greer, I'm sorry. No, Pastor that's okay. Greer, I'm sorry. He's been called worse things than that. Don't worry. <laughs> a, lot, a lot worse. Too good. Too good. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys. Exciting. Share some news. What do you think, guys? I, I'm excited about it, uh, about anybody doing anything uh, that's positive and, and inspiring, and especially uh, this in the Christian market. And you know, I, I'm excited about seeing the growth in that as well uh, over the last, you know, probably 15 or 20 years. Uh, so I will, uh, I, I'm part of my job is to form a relationship with pastors and churches and organizations around. So that that's, I'm a resource guy. So if somebody asks me certain things and I connect them together and then I start networking people. So, uh, good to know. Um, there, there's, there are two people I like to connect you with. Uh, we can probably talk off air when we get done. Yeah, let's do that. I just did an interview with them and they just, just started broadcasting on Lyft, Lyft TV, I think it is. It's a new uh, new Christian network. Um, and also there's a couple people connected to that. So let's talk about that when we get a chance as well. Let me, let me toss out one other thing about that, because uh, these people I met with today, Andy Costa and uh, Tanya Renee, they share something, a feeling I have. And I want to run this by you guys, too. I think one of the things that's been wrong with the first question that Andy asked me today is he says, if you were going to rate the Bible as a movie, would it be G, PG, or R? And I said, well, honestly, it's, it's R-rated. I mean, it's, it's real life. And, and I think we were all of consensus, and maybe you guys will be too, or maybe there's an argument to be made otherwise, that I think one of the problems that we've had with faith-based films is they're sugar-coated stories that don't really address real life. And that's why I was excited about having that meeting today, because I believe, as they do, that you have to tell you have to tell true stories and true stories involve fallen human beings. And we're all fallen. And the screenplay that I'm talking about tonight, it's got rape. It's got a pastor who's unfaithful to his wife at one point. It's got things that happen in real life. 
but are not beyond the redemption of Jesus Christ. In fact, the, the story gives me chill bumps because it's really all about heaven and how this world has given us this picture of heaven where we see angels sitting on clouds with halos playing harps. Sounds pretty boring to me. If you really get into what the Bible says about heaven, it's an incredible place. And that's the message of this movie, that the joy and the hope that we can get from knowing the end of the story, no matter what's going on in our lives and there's bad stuff going on in our lives, we know the end of the story. And it is awesome. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing I'm, I'm working on. Right. Now, Richard, Richard, are you saying that we're not going to sit on clouds and play hard? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I don't. I just don't find that anywhere in the Bible. There, there's a really good book by a guy named. There's a great book by a guy named Randy Alcorn, and it's just called Simply Heaven, and it's about that thick. And 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 he 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 references and re-references, and I mean, you got to kind of wade through all this, but man, is there some powerful stuff in there. And it's all based on what the Bible says about heaven. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and really, that, that's, that's kind of the je- – you've got it right there, brother. Right there you go. There. It's a wonderful that, book if you haven't read it, guys. Anybody who has it, it's a great book. Does all this happen after we become angels? Is that – Oh, you already have your halo on. Halos. I, I, I agree with you, Richard. I, I, yeah, I can remember uh, some of the uh, movies coming out of the Christian community in the 60s and the early 70s, and they were so uh, cheesy, uh, yeah. so hard to get your head around because, I mean, they, you, you're exactly right. I remember the movie. Um, I, well, obviously, I don't remember it, do I? I remember that. <laughs> uh, but it was, uh, about, it was about being left behind. And oh, oh. Uh, Tim LaHaye. And it was a uh, it was an interesting interesting take. You know, uh, I, I think I uh, my perception is that oftentimes in the faith community it, there there's a there's a movement like this high interest, mm-hmm. uh, excitement, anticipation, and then it just kind of dribbles down for a while and it comes back up. I'm glad to hear you're doing something of, of good quality and and tackle some tough tough subjects because you know what the lord's up to the tough stuff you yeah. know yeah. Yeah. It just yeah. is and I, i'm glad you're doing that so hang uh, in there I, i've got I another wonder. screenplay that's in the works that's based on there's a local ministry called loving all peoples that's run by a young man his wife and he's they got five kids they're just a wonderful couple but they've been working for years trying to free women from the sex trafficking industry you know there's massage parlors and the brothels and that kind of thing and Boy, that's a gritty story, too. I mean, really, really gritty story. That one's not as far along in, 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 as the, uh, the Heaven Awaits one is. But again, it's real life story. It's real life stuff. It involves people. It involves a fallen world and, and fallen people. And again, sharing the redemptive power of, of the cross. And that's where we're, you know, that's where we're headed. I'm sorry. I had something, but I thought Ron was going to talk, so I didn't. Oh. Want to <laughs> no, no, no. So, so, Richard, I was—we have teenagers at home, boys, and I'm always trying. I'm like, look at what's in scripture. I feel like so much of Hollywood's stories have been completely plagiarized from scripture. I mean, there's some really good 
juicy stuff in there. 300 is literally stripped from scripture. Yeah. It's a war scene from what God kept stripping back, right? So I like to point those things out to the boys and just see like, there's so much juice in here. And I say it's like a soap opera because we're it all is. messy, right? He uses a lot of brokenness and we actually have good friends that um, have pro- produced a pretty well-known big Christian film. And I'm actually working on getting them on the radio show as well. And they do a lot of outreach. So we can definitely connect you uh, with them. And, you know, sometimes it's those people just know what the next thing is that's happening too, right? right? To get you to someone else. And so that's what life's about. And I love that you're taking your skills and your passion and trying to apply it to a real life relatable thing for people. And Paul, you reminded me when you were saying the movies from the sixties, you know, if it's a Hallmark movie, everyone may not be that interested in it. And the and scripture isn't all a Hallmark movie. The film industry, faith-based or otherwise, is a who you know business. And so it really is a networking. And if you guys can help me with that, I feel like, and I've been on here before, Pastor Joe, you know, and I talk about how God has just put all these people in my path in the, on the missions work we do. And there's some really exciting stuff happening in that too. But it's, it's this kind of networking, I think, that God is leading me to these people. And I just have to, every day, because it's never fast enough for me, right? It's not like, come on, come on, come on, you know. But I just have to be patient that it's, it's going to happen when it's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Come on, we have a guy for you that he'll be back on the program again. Everybody remember Robert Orlando? Mm-hmm. He did the movie Patton. He did the movie about President um, Ronald Reagan and his prayer with the, 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 uh, the who was it? The Pope, I guess he prayed for. Both of them had been uh, sh- attempted assassinations on them. And it turned out that uh, they were in prayer together over all this that are coming down to the Berlin Wall. I'm trying to remember the name of it. But maybe you remember that, Ron. I don't remember it. Robert Orlando. He's in Florida uh, Steph, he's, he's there in Orlando, actually Orlando, Florida, I think. Orlando, Orlando. Uh, yeah, Robert Orlando. But it, his, he's been quite the producer and he went through a, a relation. I mean, he'd relate you because he went to Columbia, if I remember, and battled between, uh, being an agnostic, if not an atheist and coming around, he's committed his life to Christ. And do you remember the one, Stephanie, was it Luke? He wrote somebody on the apostles. One of them, was it Paul or I'm trying to remember who it was on, Paul. Maybe you remember. But uh, anyway, we're going to get that. We're going to have him on the show. He's going to talk about that next time. He has a lot of context. One last thing I want to throw out there. I was thinking of, too, as you said this. uh, When um, Mel Gibson did his movie and Jim, how do you say it, Paul Cervantes? I mean, that guy is such a committed Christian today that he's being blackmailed here in Hollywood and a lot of things, but he stands so strong in his faith for Christ. When he played Christ, it reminded me of uh, Spielberg's uh, landing on D-Day where everybody got shook. It was too bloody. And then I realized the guys I knew, remember Tank, when the bullets were going through the water and everything else, he did the same thing. I have never been the same. And I've studied the Bible 50 years, walked them since I was nine, never been the same since I watched his portrayal, like you're saying, in reality of the cross and carrying that cross. I thought I thought God reached down and touched him in those scenes of the crucifixion. And I remember something from the 60s, like Paul and I, and 
they all it, they just didn't do it but this did yeah. so I, I i jump in with you on that thought somebody else go from there that that hit me i guess i i, I did have a question uh I, I wasn't here when you when you were here last time uh it took them a while to discover me so now i'm here <laughs> <laughs> and we're glad <laughs> uh, so you retired from fox four and then launched directly into movies or yeah. missions and movies or, or what else? Or what? Well, no, the missions ministry, and this is what I'm usually, I've, I've been, I think this is the fourth time that I've been on uh, okay. uh, uh, raising I'm, I'm expectations. <laughs> and, and previous times we talked about missions work and my wife and I got started in missions work in 2004 and we're heavily involved in uh, a mission effort in Kenya called Indoto.org, or the website's Indoto.org. It's a, sponsorship ministry uh, uh we sponsor 300 kids uh, every year and we get them all the way through college it's great in peru alaska locally the denton freedom house i don't know if you're familiar with that it's yeah, a drug yeah, and alcohol treatment yeah, place yeah, yeah. very involved in that so it just god has blessed me with all these mission this mission work that i started in 2004 and right. that's what i talked about the previous times i was on how my wife and i were convicted after we did uh uh, purpose-driven life. We did the 40 days of purpose and it just changed our lives. And so anyway, I talked about that a lot, but as far as the retiring from Fox four, um, I'm, I'm older than I look. I think that's fair to say I, uh, I'm 71 now. And so when I was 69, I had, you know, I had a great gig at channel four. I was the weekend anchor. I did a travel recreation feature called Lone Star Adventure. So every day, once a week, every day, I, or every week I would go out and do some travel outdoor thing. It was always fun. So I had a great gig, but it just got to the point where I didn't, those two days that I had to do general assignment, fires and murders and that kind of stuff. I just didn't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I had been, I'd done a story on a police chief named Robert Johnson, mm-hmm. who's the police chief in Corsicana, Texas. Right. And I, it was originally a story about a stabbing at a Walmart, but he starts telling me about these movies that he's written and acted in and produced. It turns out he's like this movie mogul making movies down in Corsicana, which made a great feature. The police chief who makes movies, right? So I got to know Robert, and he really kind of put the bug in my my uh, ear the first time. He said, "You know, you could you could do this. Uh, you got the right look. You got a great great. You know, he said the right thing. He said." You could do this. So Robert kind of got me interested in, and I got to the point where one day, as he said, I'm done with this. And when I was a 10-year-old kid, if you would ask me what I wanted to do, I would have said I want to be a baseball player or I want to act in movies. So now I'm a baseball player and I act in movies. A world you know, champion. 71. Yeah, yeah, a world, world champion. champion. <laughs> yeah. One championship. <laughs> okay, I got to explain this because Joe always wants to call me a world champion. I happen to play – on a team that has won two consecutive world championships in the 65 plus division in Phoenix, one of them with the MSBL and the other one, AMA, uh, NABA, National Adult Baseball Association. But I'm not a star. I'm a guy that sits on the bench most of the time because these guys are so good. I can hardly get on the field, but we have one. I've got, I've got, a, I've got one ring back there and I got another one coming. Hey, it's a team. It's a team. That individual sport. It is. Team. In fact, it's our bigger. star pitcher, our star pitcher told me, I, 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 we were, we just won today, this last year, about three weeks ago. Uh, and um, uh, I said to him, man, I'm not good enough to play for you. And he said, you are exactly what you need because you're a good teammate. We need 
good teammates for our chemistry. So I felt better. I'm a good teammate. <laughs> But for for a 71-year-old guy, I am a heck of a baseball player. I just these guys are so much better than I am. (laughs) But yeah, so I started, I I did, I got an agent. Uh Linda McAllister is one of the top agents in Texas. She also got an office in LA. And so that's I started picking up work and and doing it. And I like it. I like the acting part a lot. But um the acting, if you just got a little role in a movie, and all my roles have been little. Two of them are out this month, by the way. I play basketball coach. You can get it. It's streaming on urbantv.com. I play basketball coach in a movie called Caged Birds. Caged. I love the part. The film's a pretty good film, too. Uh, uh, and then there's another one coming out. Uh, the, the premieres are later this month. It's called Night Night. And it was shot in Corsicana with Robert Johnson, wrote it and, and <laughs> produced it. And so that's coming out this, this month, too. So I've had fun doing that, but I don't, you don't have any control over that. Right. You know, that's why I want to write and produce and have control over the project. And that's kind of what's led me to this. So, so here, here's another. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't, I don't want to jump in there. <laughs> Anybody else? Jump, yeah, Ron. Uh, so I, again, so I go back to your reporting days. I, it's got to be some interesting and some harrowing uh, experiences there. Uh, but I, I was a firefighter, an EMT, uh, hazmat technician, and uh, you know, so you always see the worst of everything. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that we were always keen, keenly aware of, is that no matter what the circumstances are, and what your role is, you're still impacted by it. Right. So you have right. to always guard against that. Uh, one of the good things we we learned early on and kind of train ourselves was to emotionally disconnect from a, from a circumstance or from a patient. Um, unfortunately, um, a lot of a lot of us didn't learn to reconnect after you leave the scene and get home, which hence the high number of divorces and that sort of thing. So in your area of, of expertise, uh, can you can you give me some background as to how you uh, affected or affected by some of the things you saw, how it affected yeah. your faith and that sort of thing? I, I, I think we all were not not to the degree that a trauma doctor or a paramedic. My son, by the way, is both a doctor and was was a paramedic. Oh, <laughs> uh, my oldest boy. And so, I mean, not not in the kind of way, especially police officers. I mean, they have to deal with this really you know, they got to deal with the worst of the worst all the time. And I think that really is, takes a real toll on their psyche. And to, to a large extent too, with like paramedics and, and doctors that are dealing with trauma all the time, I don't think reporters can claim any of that, but there were still, there were stories that just stuck with you and, and uh, stories in which kids were hurt, you know, were just, would really, really hard for me to, to kind of leave at home and, or leave at work and, so there's some of that, but not to the degree that 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 I think you probably dealt with and that that uh, the, the doctor did. So I, yeah, some of that. But I, I will say this too, because I found this to be a blessing. Having had all those experiences, I'm able to weave these things into my stories. Okay. I take a little bit of the story and meld it with this story, and all of the things happened not together. Mm. Probably, you know, it, it's a it's. Real events right. and imagined events and real events from different things kind of weave together. But I think it makes me a better storyteller right. to have witnessed all this stuff. Right. 
I, I go back to the original thing you, you mentioned about the cheesiness. I think that's that's one of the, one of the things that made it that so is that you didn't have enough reality uh, sort of weaved in stories to make it believable. So yeah, I, that 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 appeals to me. Andy Costa told me today that one of the things that they've gotten away with away from is uh, seeking uh, support for these projects from churches, because so many times, understandably, churches say, well, we don't want this in it. We don't want that in it. And we don't want and you can't have this and you can't have that. Yeah. And you can't, you know, with those kind of restrictions, you can't make a real story. So right, right. I think absolutely. I think we can all agree in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. OK. <laughs> no, no. Oh, no, that's good, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> Stephanie, what do you think? I think that's pretty good insight. You know, it's insight that isn't it amazing, though, to stop to think about it. It's amazing to me that the resistance would come from the church. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we are so segmented, uh, so isolated in being segmented. You know, uh, I heard a story one time about a... Uh, a particular Baptist, and uh, somebody said, well, when you get to heaven, uh, you know, uh, he said that you probably believe that you Baptists are the only ones that are going to be there. He said, well, I'm more strict than that because I believe half of them aren't going to make it either. <laughs> uh, you know, it's hey, just, that's sad but true. <laughs> it is sad but true, you know, and, and uh, you know, Richard, I think in my experience of being a pastor, it's very difficult to make those kind of inroads. Mm-hmm. Uh in, in, in talking about life in a real situation, you know, and, and especially I, I was, uh, I'm really curious. I'd like to ask you when you talk about a redemptive um, purpose, you know, at, towards the end of the movie, when you talk about redemptive, what does that mean to you? Okay. Well, I think the, the basic message of this movie is, is I, I always explain it like, you know, I love the, when the Mavericks won the world, when the Mavericks won the championship in 2011, you know, 2011, you know, they're, they're underdog team that, that should never been able to beat LeBron and those guys, but I've got those on tape somewhere. Right. So I can watch that game. I can watch one of those games in fourth quarter. They're down by 15 and man, I'm not worried. Cause I know the end of the story. And I think that's, we have to, we have to know that in our life that mm-hmm. all these bad things that are happening to us now that seem so dark and yes, they are, they're real and the pain is real and all that. But if we focus on knowing the end of the story and the hope and the joy and the peace that we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that can get us through things. So I don't know if the right word is redemptive, but that's the mist. That's the the message of this screenplay that I'm trying to craft and, and in telling those bits of it through a real story, through a sermon here, it's about a pastor whose wife has Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and she's that, I mean, that's a core, that's a core part of the story. And someday she doesn't even know him, mm-hmm. but on the day she knows him, she takes great comfort. He wants, she wants him to tell her, about heaven, about what heaven's really going to be like. And in the end, she doesn't know him at all, but he's still her her safe place. She wants to hug with him. She doesn't even know his name. And in the end, she still sings like an angel, and she sings gospel hymns from her youth. And again, this comes from a real story. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a friend, and his mm-hmm. mother was gone, except she didn't know anybody, except she would sing hymns. <laughs> 
And so they knew she, that God was still with her, you know? So you weave those kind of stories into this tale, and I think it can be a powerful one. Mm-hmm. And so, again, I don't know if that answers your question because I get excited about these things. Are you, are you familiar with the name John Wimber? Does that ring a bell, John Wimber? Uh-huh. He, I think he was the founder of the Vineyard Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and John Wimber came out of drugs, sex, and rock and roll. And yeah. uh, he gave his life to Christ. And in, it, in one of his writings, he talked about the first time he went to church and uh, sat through the service he said it was it was pretty good and things like that he said afterwards i went up to the pastor and i said uh, i said that was really good but when we do the stuff what stuff are you talking about and he said well when do i get to see the lame walk and the blind see you know and and the deaf hear when do i get to see that and the pastor's reply was well we believe that stuff but we don't do that stuff and uh, uh, that was really th- that that's what and Wimber looked at him. And, and according to his, what I read in his, his words, he said, I gave up drugs, sex and rock and roll. And you're telling me we don't we don't do this stuff, you know, and uh, that was the birth of the Vineyard, Vineyard Church. You know, it takes uh, I, 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 I make a commitment to pray for you, Richard, because it's that's that's a big undertaking, especially to be open to what the Holy Spirit would want to do in you and through you and touching lives and make sure, making sure, you know, there's a connection with that, that redemptive message of, of Christ yeah. Jesus. You know, I mean, it, it's all about him and, uh, and how, how we relate the kingdom of heaven. Wow. You know, I mean, if we just open our eyes a little bit and get our ears open and stop and listen for a little while, uh, there's a whole lot more going on than we think. You know, right. and uh, I, I, I've, I've said this many, many times because I heard it years ago from a pastor. If you don't see a miracle yeah. every couple of weeks, couple of months, you're not yeah. hanging around with the right people. Right. And <laughs> fortunately, I, I have been hanging around with the right uh, the Denton Freedom House, uh, for example, uh, yeah. uh, Pastor Greer. I've seen some stuff up there and you talk about drugs and rock and roll and all that stuff there. It, those guys that come out of that program, those former drug addicts, I know one guy, he's got a family, three little kids and his wife, and they're living over in Kurdistan, Iraq. Wow. It, they were wow. in the shadow of ISIS when <laughs> ISIS was still raising terror around there. Yeah. But these guys are such sold out Christians <laughs> when they come out of this program. And it really is miraculous, some of the things they do. It is. Amazing, amazing how God does those things, huh? exactly well and we got to keep reminding ourselves it's not us when i talk i try i try very carefully to say like i'm really proud of all the things that have happened with indoto n-d-o-t-o this sponsorship program in kenya means dream in swahili i'm so proud of that and and you're tempted to say well look what we did no uh -uh. god used us Mm -hmm. through all our mistakes and we made a lot of them Mm. He used us. He cleaned up the messes and he made this happen. He lets us be involved in this stuff. He doesn't need us for anything. So (laughs) we have to keep looking at it that way. I know I, you know, I I look back at it. If, if, if God had answered my prayers and done it the way I wanted it to be done, it would have (laughs) totally been messed up. So. Hank, do you have a thought on that? Uh, Yeah. I mean, uh, just my own life is a miracle to be blessed to get to do what I do. Right. mm -hmm. So, um, I could have not even been around. My my mother was in, lived in Michigan and six months pregnant, started a show and was 
going to be ostracized by the church. And so she moved to California and had me. So she wasn't married. She was engaged and he wasn't going through catechism fast enough. So yeah. <laughs> he gave her money to take care of it and never knew whether she had a, had a child or not. So, mm. um, but yeah, I applaud you for what you're doing because we need, I, I felt for so long and I've been amazed that we're putting out the war room, the yeah. God's not dead, the risen that may have had parts that weren't as, you know, faithful to the, the, the text and the word of the Bible, but the at least it brought up, you know, the chosen is awesome. Phenomenal. It so, is. Chosen is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. So we need these right now. We yeah. need people to see what Christ is, what Christianity is, what faith is, that it's not a, it's, it's not a noun, it's a verb. And like you said, when I, every mission trip I go on, I've got photos of miracles that you can't explain the light around me. And it's crazy. Or medication literally appears out of nowhere. I mean, we have so many stories. And one of the things that you reminded me of, Richard, when you said, if you're not seeing miracles regularly, something, you know, maybe you're not in the right areas. And I've, we just moved across the country and I've been feeling very much that we have not gotten out and volunteered enough and really been kind of on the ground, you know, and it just reiterates that for me because I long for that. When you, when you see those things, you want more of it. Right. Yeah. So much happens on mission trips. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I, I have story after story. And, and, you know, when we, we live in an isolated little bubble here in Texas or Georgia or California, and we only surround ourselves with people like us, well, they, they think so, but you get out in a slum area in Africa or Peru or just, places outside your comfort zone, things happen that, that God becomes so much more present in what's going on. I, the, the, it's insidious kind of what, how sneaky little stuff that goes on around us here, but sometimes it's just so out in the open in those situations where you demonic possession and that kind of stuff that, that uh, I have seen in a hospital in, in, in Kenya, for example, that that's, uh, it just, it's, it's, more raw, I guess, maybe is the way to explain it. But you, again, if you put yourself outside your comfort zone in those kinds of situations, that's when you see God really at work, I think. Yeah. So, so uh, a little bit more on that. If, if I were asked you, why do you think those things aren't as prevalent among us as in those uh, other places? Uh, what, what would be your, your, your take on that? Well, I will say this, for example, it's a lot more, it's a lot easier to get out there and witness uh, not necessarily for me, because I'm pretty open, blatant in your face. I mean, I'm, I'm not I, I'm not judgmental and I don't push it on people, but I'm just open about it. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And and I'll talk about Jesus every chance I get. For But for most people, it's easier to ask somebody on the street in Kasumu, Kenya, can I pray for you? Or do you want to talk about something spiritual? They would never do that across the street. <laughs> I mean, really, it's like, oh, no, I can't, I can't do that here in this in this suburban place that I live. So I think some of it is our availability mm. when we get in those situations where we make ourselves available mm. for the Holy spirit to work w- through us yeah. and in us. Yeah. I know is that, that's, that, that's the best answer I got. I, I, I think, I think that's pretty good. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, I, one of the, uh, it's, it, it, that's, it's been one of my pet peeves uh, for countless years. Uh, I, I tell people I was a pastor, founded the church and, and realized after a number of years, and my, my mentor helped me realize it, that 
He says, uh, you know, there are pastors and there are prophets, Ron. And he says, uh, you're not a pastor. <laughs> I Apparently, I don't have a pastor's heart. Uh, because it, it, it was, I, I'm of the, of, the, of the mindset, based on my training, you go to scripture, you observe the path, what it says, you look at the context, and you look at the content, and then you look through what it says. And then when, when it says, you go, okay, what's true? And then it says, what do you do? Right. So it's like, I don't know any other way. And when last, people when people get to the point where they get to the point they get all the info and they don't want to do, I go, well, okay, then why am I doing this? Right. Uh, but I, I, so one of the things then was, why are we not impacting the community? Why are we not impacting the culture? Because otherwise, what's the purpose of doing this if we're not going out and living out the ministry of of Christ? And and wherever that's lived out, wherever the kingdom is lived out it impacts. Uh, so it's, you know, trying to get people to get in the mindset of every day walking out your door with the intention of bringing forth the kingdom of God, wherever God placed you that day. And right. I found that people who go on mission trips, they get in that mindset. Yep. We go on a mission trip for a purpose. So they go there with this intent to share. And I say, Hey, do that at home every day. You wake up in the morning and say, God, listen, <laughs> Who and where do you want me today? And you leave with that intention every day. And we, we've been lulled into being comfortable in our environment. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, uh, like one of the things that I get asked is invite people to programs at the church. I, I never do. I, I don't want to invite people to my church. I want them to meet me, hear the gospel. And then somewhere down the line, hey, why don't you join me with these people at, where I meet with on Sunday? I meet this to, right now. I meet with three guys. I've met in this neighborhood. Uh, every week, and I've never invited them to the church. But we, we share the gospel, talk about Jesus, talk about yeah. what the scripture says, on and on. Now, one day I will, but right now, I want them to know Jesus. Last time I'm going to go on a limb right, right here. I want to step out on a limb for, for me because that I hear you, Ron. I don't know. Paul and I go back a long ways, but uh, it seems like we got kind of wrapped up a long time ago into all of the evidence that demands a verdict with Josh McDowell. Great man of God, great people. I know Josh, he's in my church, I've met him and talked to him. But we got into this situation in apologetics where we wanted to confront people and pretty much win arguments by debating theology, debating this, that, and the other, and giving them answers which they could relate across their collegiate when I was a college pastor, the collegiate uh, outlook and uh, spectrum or, or apologetics of their own. Pretty soon, all we ended up was arguing and talking. There's a guy, uh, Timothy Leary, is it, who did the LSD. I got so angry at him at San Jose State. I stood up as a college pastor and debated in front of everybody, Ron. Ron, you'd have been proud of me back then. But anyway, just all that stuff. And it comes down to this. At least I've come in my time. This is why I appreciate what Richard's doing here too, and the testimony of all of you. You know, we sing a simple chorus. Our God is an awesome God, mm. and he is awesome. Mm. I don't have to explain him. I don't have to give you an E equals MC squared formula. This is God. I get so tired of that with people because mm-hmm. you know why? We live in a world today and a generation that says, I don't care if you give me the facts and the truth. I don't care because I'm not going to listen to you. 
I have a socialistic, whatever your viewpoint might be, and I'm going to say what I want to say, and I don't care what you say. So truth to be debated goes nowhere, but Christ to be presented goes everywhere. And when you present them in movies like this, or like Ron's doing one-on-one, two-on-two, or like Tank does in a time of great need, or like Stephanie does lifting people up when they're so discouraged physically, or like Paul does, I've watched my brother over and over. That's the secret to me. And I'm done. Watch out. Don't wind up a pastor. But this is exactly what I believe. We need to share the love of God and step back and say, there he is. You could take him or leave him, but I'm going with him forever. I invite you to join me. I just don't argue apologetics with people anymore. Yeah. End of my story. There's a phrase uh, or a saying that you might be the only Bible that someone ever reads. And especially in the day and age of confrontation and I need to be heard over you and literally your kindness, you're meeting someone in their community, you're whatever the circumstances are, you turn on the TV and it's got a positive message and maybe it's uh, faith-based and you don't even know it. There's so many avenues that we have and all we have to do is be faithful and plant a small seed. We don't know where that grows, how's it grows. And I'm kind of the same, Ron. I don't really invite people to church per se, but I've had overwhelming through health coaching, which is funny. So God will use any platform. He really doesn't care what you do. Um, If you're good at it, I've had people, you know, I haven't read a Bible since I was a kid. Where do I start? What do I do? And you have these moments and you realize, oh my goodness, God is actually using me. It's crazy, you know? So just be available. Up to the Holy Spirit, and you're ready. Like Ron said a few weeks back, right? What do you think, Paul? Yeah, 50 years ago, 50 years ago, when I <laughs> were in college, uh, we had a speaker come to Hardin-Simmons University in Abilene, and he was, uh, he was a pretty well-known evangelist on the West Coast, and he also pastored a church uh, in uh, Hollywood. And he said... That when he led people to Christ, which he did with great regularity, he said he would not let them attend his church for the first nine months mm. because he didn't want them to get cooled off in their faith by attending church. <laughs> and uh, so he took the first nine months to disciple them, bringing them along. And uh, I, I thought that was that was pretty insightful, you know. But I don't want to beg on the church. We're the bride of Christ. And That's right. We had a professor, uh, Joe and I had a professor said, gentlemen, just always remember this. He said, uh, sometimes she's as homely as a mud fence. She's ugly, (laughs) unbearable. Uh, She's just immovable in her positions. But you better remember, she is the bride of Christ. Uh, 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 Boy, I tell you, yeah, that that was those were those words sank deeply. Amen. Uh, can I give you a quote really quick? I found this wonderful quote. Before we went on air, Ron, you talked about Irma Bombeck. You mentioned her name. Mm-hmm. Listen, listen to this quote by Irma Bombeck. She says, when I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left and could say to him, I used everything you gave me. Isn't that a great right, quote? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. I used everything. Just use it. Wow. You, know, you just gave me an epiphany. You said E equals MC squared. So <laughs> eternity equals man times Christ, not doubled, but exponentially power. Yeah. 
Amen. Great. I love it, Tank. Wait, great one, Tank. Yeah. That's it. Richard, see how we're all behind you? Go get them. Let's, let's get this movie going. I'm just hanging on trying to figure out what God wants me to do. And I'm, I, I kind of, I'm kind of a bull in a china shop, but uh, uh, I'm plugging ahead. And I do have a mission trip coming up, too. So I'm going to Honduras in, uh, in uh, January with a group called Wonder Voyage. Look them up. They're great. Wonder we got five minutes. Tell us about it. We got five minutes. Tell us okay. about it. Okay. This again, this is all about how God connects people. Hmm. 15 years ago, I met a young pastor in Peru, and he said he had this dream of making a uh, guest house. And God had put on my heart that you need to raise up tent maker ministries, pastors that make their own money, that you don't have to ask for money all the time. So I helped him do that. Long story short, he became a great entrepreneur. He's got a travel agency and a, tra- and a translation business. He employs 40 people, and I'm real close to him, but he's in Peru, right? Well, he tells me about this, this group that he's working with that's using his travel agency to do turnkey missions in South America, and they're from Flower Mound, Texas. It's a group called Wonder Voyage, <laughs> and now God's connecting me with this guy named Sean Small, who do, they do turnkey missions for churches and groups all over the world and now he and i are mobbed up so look out <laughs> look out that's great that's great <laughs> hey, but that's just those. that's just god he wants me to go to honduras with this group because they're a group of people they like to raise money and build things well in doto in kenya is trying to build a school and sean knows that he says these people are your tribe. You've got to go to Honduras with us where they're working on this clinic and get married up so they can help you build that school. So, wow. <laughs> Amen. Hang Step on, around. man. Hang on. This stuff is just happening. <laughs> where you... What's that? Go ahead, Steph. Do you know where in Honduras you're going? It's uh, in the eastern part of Honduras. I actually spent some time in Honduras during the Contra War <laughs> in Tegucigalpa and the, uh, the southwest part. This is somewhere <clears throat> in the east that I've never been, so I'm not exactly sure. I've got it somewhere, but I can't remember what it is. But it's, it's somewhere in a, a fairly remote area of Honduras, mm. which is a uh, really poor country and some mm. pretty tough stuff going on there, too. But I'm looking for My wife and I are both going. We're looking forward to it. It's a country we love very much, so that's why yes. we're just curious. Well, I spent a lot of time in Honduras back, like I say, when the, the, the biggest hotel in town was CIA Central and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, <he's central. laughs> I got some good stories to tell about. If, and if you've flown into Tegucigalpa, which I'm sure you, that's like the one of the most dangerous places in the world to ever fly into, just because it's like in a bowl. And anyway, <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, we got four minutes. We want to wrap this up? Who'd like to? We want to encourage you. Who has a word they want to say to encourage Richard some more before we get him back and hear the news? <laughs> I, I, again, I'll just say the same thing that I, I'm deeply encouraged and, uh, and praise God for you and, and your willingness and your openness to be used of God wherever you, He places you. Um, and I I'm, pray that you have more opportunity to speak to more people that they may hear and be inspired and ignited to do the same thing. Because we we need we need to as a church as a, as a people of God uh, to actually to allow ourselves to be open with hands and feet every day to let yep. God use and do whatever he wants to do uh, without us trying to orchestrate and, and create things ourselves. So I, I, I applaud you, my brother. 
I, I do want to say too, again, that I really appreciate the forum you guys have given me each time I come on. You guys are very encouraging to me, you know, give a chance to talk about the things that, that God's doing in my life. Just thank you guys. Uh, I, it really means a lot to me. Appreciate it. Praying for you, Paul. Well, Richard, just, you know, keep the faith, you know, keep the faith, share the faith, you know, give it away. But, uh, I, you know, I hope when we're both angels, we get to meet up and um, play a song together on the We on will. The on the <laughs> and I'll be able to sing. <laughs> what I would add is, you know, be, you're being like Jesus, which most of the time for his apostles, he just said, come and see. And so, yeah. Amen. Richard, how do people get a hold of it? Stephanie, go ahead. Do you have something you want to share? I'm sorry. Oh, well, Super, how do we get a hold of you first? Because I actually do need to get a hold of you. That's what's okay, coming yeah. next. Uh, Thanks, Stephanie. Send me an email, Richard Ray, common spelling, R-A-Y, Richard Ray, T-X, like in Texas, at yahoo.com. And the same for Ron. If you've got any any connections you want to help me with, uh, uh, and, and if I can help you guys, then email me. You know, if anybody's got questions or whatever, let me know. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm staying really crazy busy. My wife thinks I'm crazy for staying this busy, but <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying it. Okay, I want to say something. I may, I may sound like an ageist because I'm the youngest on here. So I love. I think you're a beautiful example of you don't know what direction God is going to call you or how he's going to use you. And I just love seeing how alive you are. A lot of people would retire and say, Oh, I'm just going to sit on the couch and do nothing. And you're recognizing that you have all these talents and skills that God has given you and you're wanting to use them. And I think that's a really important message for a lot of people. And it's not necessarily just an age thing. I think folks are so quick to discount what abilities they have and how they could actually be used for God's purpose. And so I love what you're doing. I, I can't wait to see what comes. Praise God. Yes. We're going to stay close, Richard, right, Ron. We're going to stay close and follow you. And uh, we're, we're just about set here. We got like 40 seconds. We just thank you, Richard, for being with us. And we, we want you to know we're praying for you. And, uh, well, and I, and I pray for you, Pastor Joe. I really do. And you're, you're on the list. We've talked about that before. I got to have like a 25 minute, 30 minute prayer I do every day and you're on it, brother. I appreciate it. We feel it. Don't we folks? We do. It's great. great. (laughs) Yeah. You're you're on it, Ron. You all just got added to the rotation. (laughs) You're on it. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, on behalf of all of us, Richard, thanks so much for being with us tonight. I'll be texting. We'll be talking again. And uh, Paul, God bless your brother and, and be with you. And Tank and Steph, take care of Georgia. Boy, they're in good hands with you guys there. <laughs> and Ron, take care of Texas. Keep them rolling forward. You've got it. <laughs> and Richard, we'll look forward to talking to you later. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, thanks sure. for tuning in tonight to Raising Expectations. Go to our website, bbsradio.com forward slash Raising Expectations. Read about everybody. Read the stories. And we'll see you soon. God bless you and keep you in the words of Roy Rogers until we meet again. <laughs> Happy trail. We'll see you later. Time up. <laughs> Friends, thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous, but most of all, uplifting, so that we may with you one topic at a time each week 
become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom. It can be a great future as we talk, listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.